This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Tom Coyne is the author of A Course Called Ireland and A Course Called Scotland. His new book, A Course Called America, was released last week. Already top 15 on the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction. Tom is also a senior writer at the Golfer's Journal. Pleasure to welcome Tom Coyne back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Tom? John, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Great to uh, great to be speaking with you. Thank you for the warm introduction as well. Well, congr- congratulations on on this. When when you did Ireland, was there always going to be America? <laughs> when I did Ireland, I didn't know if I was going to survive the whole the trip. Um, so I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I mean, Ireland was a great trip for you know that's the one where I actually walked the whole coast of Ireland with golf clubs on my back, and so. You know, that was a trip where it was sort of like just trying to make it to the next golf course, the next bed. Uh, you know, the book came out and, and, and surprised us all. Ireland did very well. Uh, it really resonated. We didn't, well, at least I knew people loved golf in Ireland, but I, I think it surprised the publisher and, 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 and did well. So that enabled a course called Scotland. I don't know. I don't think I initially ever thought I'd do an America book just because it's such an unwieldy concept right it's it's so big there's so much going on there's so much different sort of kinds of golf and and so many different ways to attack it so it wasn't until you know i'd done the scotland and ireland books and just realized like wow i really overlooked golf in my own country and i don't and i know ireland and scotland better than i know my own country and Hmm. i I need to fix that so that's kind of how i i got committed to saying let's you know let's do this let's figure out a way to do an american Across American golf story. Okay, you you mentioned the unwieldiness of it all. You're a writer. Is that a word? It is. Okay. It means it means difficult to you know navigate or negotiate. Thank you. So so tell me about how you went about planning this this whole thing. So the trip took it was you know eight months of travel, but the planning was over a year of sitting in my office uh, with three screens going, one a spreadsheet, the other a map, the other a calendar. Uh, So if you're a planner, uh, and I do like to do some planning, uh, this was a total indulgence. It was golf trip planning uh, to the extreme. And, you know, I had to sort of figure out where I was going. I decided I wanted to go to all 50 states. I wanted to visit every U.S. Open event because I thought that would help me tell the history of golf in America, which which I think it did. Um, and then I took, you know, advice from crowdsourcing advice from the Internet. You know, what course best represents this state or that state? Or what course do I, you know, can I not miss when I'm, I'm looking for the great American golf course? And, you know, thankfully got about a thousand suggestions and had to whittle those down. Uh, eventually settled on, you know, 300 courses that I could fit into some sort of itinerary. Um, and still remain, you know, married and in touch with my children enough so that they'd remember what I look like. <laughs> and, you know, broke the country up in about 10 different chunks and sort of would do 10 states here, eight states here, six states here, and then come home, check in, and fly back out. Um, it was, yeah, it was one of those itineraries. This was the only book that I looked at as I was planning and said, I can't do this. The others, you know, Scotland and Ireland, they present sort of something of a tidy little loop, right? Go clockwise or counterclockwise. There were times when, when I'm planning America, and in no small part, 
because in a lot of American golf courses, they just don't. You can't just call up and say, "Can I play here?" Right. So, running running into those walls all the time of whether a course be private or a course be aerating or something uh, made for some pretty um, manic afternoons. We're talking with uh, Tom Coyne here on the Augusta Golf Show. I've heard you say, um, we'll get back to the travel log aspect of this, but I've heard you say in some ways, in maybe many ways, getting this book out when you got this book out, the, the, the pandemic helped. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. The the pandemic, you know, thank goodness, I finished the travel right before Christmas 2019. So, you know, a couple of you know, if I'd put, if I'd done it a year later or, you know, a couple months later, travel stopped. So would have been a very short book um, if, it, if it wasn't timed the way that it was. So then what happened was, I mean, typically I, I sit around and I let the book marinate and I, it takes a while to kind of figure out where the story is. But suddenly I had nothing else to do. Um, you know, my kids, aside from trying to get my kids to log on the computer and go to school every day. Hmm. Um so I had a lot of time at home, and that's exactly what I needed. Uh, a lot of I went from living in a you know a different hotel room every night to not leaving my house for six months, and that was quite a transition. But the 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 writing helped. You know, I got locked into the book really quickly as soon as I got back right after Christmas, and this was the this is the longest of all the books, but it was the you know and the biggest trip with the most golf. But it came out the the most quickly, so. That was not expected at all. You mentioned the golf courses you played and the, and the ones that are difficult to get on, even when you're trying a project like this. And, and, and all of the help you got about, hey, come play this golf course. You can't miss this golf course. Is there a golf course, Tom, that maybe you had not heard of before you made the trip? And now, and now if you get back to said state, you got to play it? Yeah, I was just talking about one today with a friend in Michigan. I didn't get to uh, Kingsley in in Michigan, the Kingsley Club, which I very much want to see. In Chicago, I missed Shore Acres, which uh, is a is a blot on on my on my resume for sure. Um, I was pretty fortunate that with enough time and enough social media connections and enough. Good luck that I, I was able to sort of tick off everything on the list that I wanted to accomplish on this trip. But you know that's the thing about golf in America, and that's it's certainly there are a lot of differences between the American and Scotland. I uh, started the American and the Irish and Scotland books, and one of them being um, there's so many more courses to play here. You know, I was able to play every length in Ireland and pretty much every length in Scotland. But wow, uh, like you said, I mean, every time I'd go. You know, to to this city, you know, I'd leave and someone would say, but did you go there? You know, and uh, <laughs> so there are, which was frustrating and exciting, you know, because it's, you know, lots of reasons to go back. And, and that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm traveling around the country, visiting golf clubs, doing speaking engagements, um, always tying in a little bit of golf. And uh, on those events, I'm actually getting to visit some places that I didn't see uh, the first time around. So that's good. I'm going to ask this question as one who loves the game to someone else who loves the game. And not just the American travel log, but but Ireland and Scotland. Are you are you a different person for doing all of this? Are you a better person for doing all of this? Hmm. I think that travel 
makes us, um, in general, so as a professor, it's one of the things that, you know, in my day job when I'm sometimes teaching and not bouncing around, um, I always push my students to travel, to study abroad, because I believe that travel is a great way that we learn the basic human skill of empathy, right? And we learn perspective, and we learn that we're not the center of the universe. And I'm not talking about Americans, I'm talking about personally, uh, that I am not the most important thing in the in this grand galaxy. And sometimes I can believe that I am. And it's a much nicer way to live when you let that go. Um and you see that there's a bigger world out there and you get to experience and see how other people live and you feel like a small part of something very big. And that's actually a really, I found that to be a really nice way to live. It's not an easy way, not necessarily easy to get there, but after all these trips, um, it, it's helped me get there. And the other thing these trips have given me, um, if it wasn't for golf and it wasn't for, you know, for the travel I don't know how many, just to be fully honest, I don't know how many great close friends that I'd have in my life. I'm a writer who likes to sometimes be alone for a long time. Um, and I definitely have that side of my personality. Golf forces me to get out of that. And it gives me a chance to connect with people in a really authentic way. So I now have hundreds, if not thousands of, of friends that I could text uh, if I needed something, you know, because I spent four hours with them. Um, that has certainly enriched my life in, in a really incalculable way. The the listener would probably also want me to ask you this with all of this golf, and I know you play it at kind of an odd clip. Are you a better golfer because of all of this? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I have this funny, there is a point of diminishing returns on all these trips. I will say that, that there is a general ascent in, in terms of quality, just from playing a lot, where you start to figure things out, your swing feels really starts to feel very natural. Your all those things that you couldn't do because you were out of shape or too tight or whatever, you know those things. You're, you know, your swing's working. Um, and then whether it just be exhaustion or boredom or, or whatever, there is sort of a plateauing kind of experience I've felt on all these trips. Um, so if you catch me around the middle, I'm usually really good. Uh, if you catch me at the end. Uh, I'm usually looking around for something else to do, like tennis or something, um, where I'm, I'm not I'm not playing my best golf. Um, but I think you can't not help get better just playing that much in terms of your touch and your feel, your knowledge of what what your golf clubs do. Um, that gets there. There were some moments on the trip I felt really really dialed in, and and that's a cool feeling. And it's not something I can get when I'm playing once a week. So. Yeah, I think it makes you better. Are you done? Oh, John. Oh, dear. <laughs> the big question. I don't I don't know. Um, I, I would have said that no more travel books, that this is a trilogy, uh, until we got the news last night that, um, that we made the nonfiction bestseller list, which is, for a golf book, um, pretty unusual. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but it, it, it just is. I, I never expected to get there. Um, so, maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's other places to go. We'll see. But I definitely, you know, I have some other ideas that require less travel uh, that maybe we'll work on those. Um, I think my wife would appreciate it. Yeah, I would think so. He is uh, Tom Coyne. The uh, book is A Course Called America. Tom, thank congratulations. And thank you for saying yes to this.
Thank you so much. Great speaking with you, John.